Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's time to tee it up. This is Smoke and Joe's Driving Range, presented by PGA Tour Superstore. Here are your hosts, Smoke and Joe Pogi and Mulligan Matt Musil on Houston Sports Leader, Sports Radio 610. Good morning, Houston. Woohoo! Fucking roll is here to stay. We're here, yeah. we're there, we're everywhere. Thanks to World Wide Web, you can find all about the show at www. Smoking Joe's driving range.com and that's smoking without a G and I am smoking Joe Mulligan Matt morning buddy morning morning and who's that third character I'm Bobby Beats good morning fellas yeah good morning Bobby. it's Super Bowl weekend mm-hmm. I got you know, my Super Bowl it, cap on it just doesn't it, the pandemic it just kind of has taken a little bit of the excitement out of it yeah you think yeah, you know, it's just, I mean, I'd hate to be in Tampa. What a year to be hosting the Super Bowl and you can't have anybody at the game or 20,000 people at the game. Hey, no doing, NFL experience, no radio row, no parties. They're, do, they're doing the best they can. I know. It's just, I'm tired of this pandemic. Get the hell out of the world. You got to, we just have to get through it. Just got to get through it. Yeah, well, let's see. Bobby Beats, prediction, Super Bowl update. The beats give us the beat report. Hey, this is a great matchup between uh, a legend, a goat, and Tom Brady, and a young, up and coming legend, and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the Chiefs, uh, they're trying to go back to back, trying to build a dynasty down there or up there in the Midwest. Uh, Tampa, you know, got Tom Brady, <sighs> ten Super Bowls. I don't think that will ever be done as a quarterback ever. I'm, I'm just say that for the record. But my prediction. I don't know. I don't know. I, I want to lean towards Temple Bay. It just sounds like a Cinderella story to me. It just, you know, a guy leaves a a a ball club that he built from the ground up. Um, not from the ground up, excuse me. Uh, rejuvenated from when he was drafted and um, took it to the heights. And now he's first year with Temple Bay, as in Tom Brady, leading a team to the Super Bowl. I just think it's a Cinderella story. I, I want to go Temple Bay just to give the edge. To Tampa. Joe, what do you think, buddy? Um, first of all, I think we're in for one of the best Super Bowls of all time. I think this is going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I could see something like a 42-35 type of score. Um, I think the Cinderella story with Brady is pretty cool, but I don't know if anybody can keep up with the speed and the chemistry of Andy Reid. I mean, that Kansas City Chiefs team, they are fast. They are quick, and Mahomes brings a different element to the game. Brady is your standard by the dictionary quarterback. Mahomes is the type of guy that you think you might have him. The next thing you know, he's throwing it between his legs for a touchdown. And, I mean, I'm going to lead with the Kansas City Chiefs. I say uh, I think it's going to be a a seven-point game. 
Okay, I'm going uh, Chiefs on this. Uh, I agree with you guys. Uh, I think it could be an instant classic, as they say. You know, I think this could be an epic game. Um, I just, um, there's so many great storylines, like Bobby Beats is saying. I mean, with, with Brady, I, I love the fact that, oh, wait a minute, maybe the Patriots aren't that great of an organization, but oh my goodness, they did have a great quarterback, which brings in Nick Casario, the new GM of the Patriots, and his record or his organization's record of drafting when he was up there. Is it that good, really, if you didn't have Tom Brady all those years? I like the, the, I like the Bruce Arians uh, storyline also. There's the guy that became a head coach later in his career. And it, he, he had this idea. He cooked up this idea that, you know, we get enough, we get the right people together and we, we do it right. And we could get to the Super Bowl if you bring in a guy like Brady. And man, that's great. But I agree with Joe that when you've got Andy Reid's offense, I think the Chiefs have enough defense to make a difference. And I think it's going to be epic. I know the latest line is three. Um, I keep picking the Chiefs on Channel 11, so I won't change it here on AM 650. Chiefs by three, but I hope it's an epic game, something like 48-45, something like that. I, I just I hope for a great game. And I keep saying, you know, our local guy, Mike Evans, out of Galveston Ball High School, I would love for him to come back home and show his family and friends in the near future a Super Bowl ring. That would be awesome. But uh, I'm still officially picking the Chiefs, not because I grew up outside of Kansas City on a farm. Okay, a longtime Chiefs fan, but – Patrick Mahomes, I believe, is a difference maker, Joe. I want to get into discussing the other controversy, though. Well, the other controversy. Now, there's lots and lots of storylines here. We're talking about the Farmers Championship out of Torrey Pines, and you have the controversial Saturday play of Patrick Reed taking a drop without calling the rules official, saying his ball was embedded when it was very obvious on TV that the ball bounced. Um, but now the problem is you got so you got the controversy. Patrick Reed, what he did, should he have been disqualified? Should he have been getting a stroke penalty? The other controversy is, does the, does the PGA Tour have two guidelines? They have the Patrick Reed guideline, but then they have the Rory McIlroy guideline. Oh, Rory did it, it's okay. I mean, if Rory I, had the same situation. That's his well. Now, the only difference is he waved to the other golfers, told him to come on over here. He marked his ball. He picked up his ball replayed it. Patrick Reed didn't do that. However, if you go back and you listen to the TV, as he's walking up there, he said to the volunteer, did the ball bounce? And the volunteer said no. Yeah. He asked everybody in that group, the caddies, the players, and the volunteers all agree. They never saw a bounce. And if we go back to what the PGA changed the rules, what was that, two years ago, Joe, we couldn't have fans calling in and say, hey, wait a minute, the ball moved. You need to go back and look at it. The PGA went, wait a minute, you know what, we're going to call it as we see it on the course. The mistake Patrick made was not getting someone over there to observe it. And, and, but here's, here's what happens. If well, he also he been, picked it up first. Right, exactly. So – at the rules officials, everyone said he did the exact right thing because everyone saw it. He didn't, you know, 
and they barely got it on CBS. You know, it was a high bounce off the, off the uh, cart path in there. And it might have embedded a little bit, but one in question, especially if you're Patrick, because he's had some controversial things in the past, just play it safe. Don't, you know, just play it safe because Patrick Reed played his butt off. Now, right. You know, you didn't think even a two-stroke penalty. He went through yeah. three. Here, here's the, here's the other thing. He said that he talked with his swing coach right before he listened to some, some tunes and talked to his swing coach right before he took, uh, got warmed up for that final round and went for it. So I called Kevin Kirk, you know, who's been working with Patrick for quite some time now. He's been working with him with a number of years. And interesting thing I learned, Patrick is now with David Ledbetter. Yes. He switched about uh, red card for the Masters. Yeah. Um, late last year. And, of course, Kevin is such a great guy. He'll help Patrick with whatever. He said, hey, he decided to go to David, you know, whatever. He's still got a stable of players. Uh, he's in he's in Phoenix right now at the Waste Management Classic uh, because he's <laughs> he has uh, players that he works with. But uh, – it's. It was one of those things. With if it would have been any other golfer, Joe, nope. no well, one Rory. said much. Uh, yeah, make a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's Patrick Reed. So it's that Patrick. was the story. So, yeah, but and by the way, be more careful. Patrick used David Lederberg about two years ago. Kevin Kirk, I think, is still part of the team. David is the lead, I think. Yeah, but, he's uh, not. Anyway. Kevin's not. Uh, Kevin's not working with him right now. Right. Yeah. I anyway, had a conversation with him, but uh, I, it's it's fun to talk about. But I just wish Patrick, he's such a great, he's such a great player. He's good for just, the game. He's going to have to, yeah. Anyway, we're running late, looking great. We've right, got buddy. a great show coming up. We're going to be talking about the American Junior Golf Association Simplified Boys Championship coming up at Carlton Woods. Also, we're going to find out what is Spark Golf what later is what on golf? the show. What? Spark. Spark. Spark Golf. Spark. Wait a minute. Yeah. Spark Golf. Yeah, I got you intrigued. Got to tune in. Robert I'm smoking Harris. Joe. Robert Harris, Bobby Beats has got an idea what spark coffee. I'm Smoking okay. Joe. And I'm Mulligan Matt. I'm Bobby Beats. And this is Smoking Joe's Driving Range right here on CBS Sports Radio. Everything about the show and our podcast, and everything at www.smokingjoesdrivingrange.com, and that's smoking without a G. Don't use and, a G ever. That's right. Don't ever G use a G. Um, you know, we've been talking, and we're big fans. Uh, every year in February, they have the American Junior Golf Association Simplified Boys Championship up at Carlton Woods Fazio course. This, ladies and gentlemen, this is a prelude to the PGA Tour. These <laughs> young men are next year's pros. I mean, you're going to see 72 of the best golfers from around the world come in and play this golf course over three or four days, and it's incredible. And to give us more information about it, please welcome the regional, the South Central Regional Director for American Junior Golf Association, Mr. Solomon Hughes. Good morning, sir. Hey, Solomon. Morning, Matt, Joe. Thanks so much for having me. Excited for another week at uh, Carlton Woods in the Woodlands, and thank you guys for hosting us for our 13th year. Really excited. 13 years is, I, well, first of all, I hats off to Carlton Woods, the, the, the members up there and that golf course, they do a great show. Um, this past year has been different. How have you guys been dealing with this pandemic and, and because you're still putting your golf tournaments on? 
Yeah, we have. I think what we operated from was how can we give playing opportunities to our juniors and our members in the safest possible way. So we took some time last spring, our leadership team, um, to meet with the PGA of America, PGA Tour, and USGA to develop these back-to-golf protocols. And so did some things with changing our field sizes to 78 players, did a lot of things off of one tee, set driving range time to really minimize the traffic and get everyone going both ways. Um, really elevated and uh, stepped up our PPE on site, so masks and hand sanitizer and doing a lot more grab-and-go instead of sit-down food functions. But really, from our vantage point, said, how can we operate our events as safe as possible? Uh, made sure to get all the local government's approval for all of our events across the U.S. and um, stuck to those protocols and had a great 101 events in 2020 and off to a great start so far with two events in 2021. Oh, that's um, great. Well, Salva, first of all, how did you get involved with the American Junior Golf Association? I, like many other of the full-time staff, did the internship in 2016. I was one of our communications interns and was hired on as a tournament director in January 2017. A couple of years running events and then moved to our tournament business affairs department in 2019 as the regional manager and then moved to the regional director role later on that year to really focusing on the scheduling and making all of our events in the South Central as best as they can be. And I think you guys may may know my predecessor, Darren Nelson, um, from his many years at this event, transitioned into his role as he went on to the PJ Tour and to run events there. Oh, that's where he went. I didn't even know for sure. Solomon, where are you from originally, and how's your golf game? Oh, originally from Columbus, Ohio. I'd say my golf game's never quite where I want it to be. Always can get better, so it keeps me uh, keeps me excited and keeps me motivated every day. But Columbus, Ohio is originally home for me. Playing has been home for the past five years. So did you yeah. grow up playing the Scarlet and Gray courses here at Ohio State University, or? You know, interesting for me. I actually did not come to the AJJ with much of a background. Um, really grown a lot and learned a lot on my feet as I've been here. So knew some of the real, real basics, such as the Masters and Tiger Woods, but really done all my learning the past five years at AJGA. So I've been to the Scarlet course, ran in one of our events there, awesome venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've played some other great golf courses over the past five years. Uh, Carlton Woods, what? Uh, how long will you have the course playing for these juniors? Just over 7,300 yards. And I, I think uh, Tim, uh, Tim Huber, and Jason Alexander will want us to set it up even tougher with last year's tournament scoring record of 20 under par, including a 62 <laughs> on uh, the second round coming last year. So just over 7,300 yards. I don't know if you guys have had much discussion, but uh, the USGA and RNA came out with the taking steps to control the length of the golf ball or the length of, of golf. Uh, one of the first things is, is you're going to limit how long the driver, the, the shaft can be can't have over 46 inches. Uh, they're talking about other things. You can talk to the equipment companies. Uh, will that come into an effect with you guys this year? Or is that something you're going to wait and see what it all floats down from the USGA? I think we'll, we'll do what we can do to set it up as fair but tough as possible. want to give our juniors a chance to compete against the best in the world. And we've got a lot of friends um, at those tours, and we'll definitely uh, pick their brain and see what they're doing. But I think for us, always take the approach of, fair but tough and I think you'll see that this weekend and make for a great championship. Solomon you said you weren't an avid golfer growing up but you grew into this uh does that do you find that um most people working in your type of job are past golfers or are they they just come in they find out and 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 the other part to that is What's so attractive to you that you've got to be something underlying there, not just the golf, 
to attract you to all this? Absolutely. I think I've found maybe a 50-50, honestly, from folks at the AJGA or other folks I've met in the industry. I think for me personally, I've always been a big sports guy. And so getting a chance to work in sports, golf, part with being such a such a fun and you know unique opportunity still so exciting to me and so I think almost the since it wasn't familiar to me growing up it's still I'm still fresh and so new to the game that it keeps me excited so love getting a chance to work with our juniors love getting a chance to work with our PGA tour and LPGA tour hosts and the whole everything about the game just uh, exciting to me and I think that's what others who don't come from the background enjoy as well. We're on the phone with uh, Solomon Hughes who's the South Central Regional Director for the American Junior Golf Association, which is coming into Houston Valentine's weekend with a big tournament out at uh, Carlton Woods Fazio course. Unfortunately, no spectators. Uh, is there any kind of uh, internet play-by-play or anything, or is there any way people that are fascinated can keep up with what's going on? Absolutely. So one of the, I think one of my favorite perks of the AJGA is we offer live scoring, not only for this event, but for each AJGA event. So if you go to AJGA.org, AJGA.org, you can follow the the live leaderboard every hole. So every hole a score will be updated for each player for this event. And you can tune in if you're, you know, all the way across the world or if you're even uh, in the woodlands. Now, you've been putting on the American Junior Golf Association tournaments for the last year during this whole pandemic. As American Junior Golf Association, have they seen the spike in golf that the golf courses, the golf equipment sales have seen because of the pandemic and people finding, hey, golf is, is, is the friendly sport. It's, it's outside. It's social distance. Have you guys seen any kind of a spike? I think what we've seen a lot of is we, we hosted a lot of great golf courses and we've heard such the positive responses that they've seen from their membership, especially their junior membership. So I know almost every course that I work with here in the South Central, about 25 different venues, have all seen increases in their membership from um, all sorts of generations. So I think that's where we've seen the biggest spike. Our membership grows each and every year. I think that's a testament to it as well. Um, but I've really seen a lot of it in the members that we uh, host events at or the memberships. Um, when will you come? To, were you coming into Houston for the tournament? Exactly. I am. I'm excited to come back for, I think this is my fourth or fifth year at Carlton Woods. I'll come in Thursday, uh, kind of mid-morning, and then excited to kick things off Friday and stay for the, the whole weekend. Would never miss this week. How do you, um, do how do you approach travel with your job? Um, do you limit your air travel? Do you drive more than ever because of COVID? We, we do kind of a combination of both. So as part of our Back to Golf initiative, we put together a set of protocols for our travel. I'd say our tournament directors probably travel anywhere from 100 to 125 days a year. So what's one thing we did do is really if you're not going to a tournament, it's really kind of staying home in the office and doing a lot more of what we're doing, Zoom and face and phone calls. Um, some of our staff what we're doing is really keeping our staff confined. We'll have 10 12 or so staff on site, a lot of them will be driving and they actually will stay together in a pod. So if there were to be some sort of an outbreak, it's contained. So we'll do that, masks at all times in the car. Um, and then what we're doing is getting a chance to test our staff before coming and really just do whatever the membership at the Woodlands is comfortable with us doing. Every situation is unique. We're taking every precaution necessary to make sure everyone stays safe and uh, safe in the town. Yeah, and I'm guessing all the uh, young players coming, they're going to get some type of a temperature check or what What do you do protocol that wise to keep everybody safe? 
Yeah, we've always had a standard of keeping a medical professional on site at an AJGA event and have actually even increased that standard to making sure we have someone on site who's familiar with COVID. And so ask them some screening questions at registration to make sure everyone's good and um, always have the communication pre-event as well. And it's one of the things we're doing with local government to send out information on, hey, you guys are coming from California. This is what's going on in the woodlands, just so everyone knows exactly what's going on, what they expect, what the different mandates are. Solomon, I, I've never asked this question. It just kind of popped into my head. Besides bragging rights, what does the winner get? The winner gets, I think, a chance to say that they're playing in the strongest junior golf event in the world. And you got to be a, have your name on a trip with Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Holly Schneider-Jans. Um, so some pretty powerful, some pretty big and successful players have come across this, uh, this tournament to be able to etch your name um, on the same trophy as, you know, past major winners, Ryder Cup participants is, is pretty cool in my book. Solomon Hughes, this has been an absolute pleasure. You're the uh, South Central Regional Director for the American Junior Golf Association. Thank you for whatever, what all you guys do. Thank you for having this tournament in Houston up at the Carlton Woods. And uh, we look forward to having you guys here for a long time to come. Thanks, Joe, Solomon. Matt, really appreciate it. Thanks so much, guys. Have a good one. Take care. Oh, yeah. All the best and be safe. Thank mm-hmm. you. You as well. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk to one of the players in the Carlton Woods American Junior Golf Association Simplified Boys Championship right here on Smokin' Joe's Driving Range. I'm Smokin' Joe. I'm Mulligan Matt. I'm Bobby Beats. Right here on CBS Sports Radio 650. Welcome back to Joe's Driving Range right here on CBS Sports Radio 650. We're talking about... Yeah, look at that. Oh, look at this. Five uh-huh. slam a jamma. No idea what that is. He wasn't around <laughs> in the 80s. Uh, Carl, we do. We live. Carl Dobson is going to be joining <laughs> us. He is a uh, junior golfer out of Austin, Texas, and he's going to be competing in the Carlton Woods American Junior Golf Association Simplified Boys Championship Valentine's Weekend. Sean Carl, five slam a jamma was the nickname they gave the University of Houston basketball team back in the 81, 82, and 83. They had a lineup <laughs> that included Clyde Drexler, Akeem Olajuwon, Michael Young, Larry Dirk, uh, uh, Larry. Me Shaw, oh, Mr. Me. Uh, <laughs> they were, they were unbelievable. They were, they, they were averaging like about 95 wow. points a game. Sean Carl, think <laughs> about this. Okay. UT finally has a decent basketball team, right? Chaka they Smart's do. got it going finally. on. But Think about a team that would go to the final four three straight years, 82, 83, 84. That's what Vice Lama Jamal was. Yeah, it's in the NBA. Yeah, exactly. They should have won the championship in 83, but that's another story. Well, two of the <laughs> players are considered two of the top 50 all-time basketball players. Yeah, Drexler, Clyde Drexler and Hakeem Olajuwon. Yeah. But enough basketball. We're here to yeah. talk golf. Sean, <laughs> Sean Carl Dobson, golfer out of Austin. Uh, now, do you, because you're active in the American Junior Golf Association, are you homeschooling or do you actually have a school that you call home? No, I have a, I go to Westlake High School. Uh, it's a public 6A school, um, but I, I'm doing the remote learning option for this year. But uh, no, I go to a regular public school and it's awesome. And what, what year are you? I'm a junior. Uh, awesome. That's you know, I look school. at the entries, the players coming into play up here at Carlton Woods Fazio course. And I'd say about 90, 95% of them are already committed to college. Are you part of that group? I am. I'm, I, in June, I committed to Stanford. Woo. Nice. Yeah. Woo. yeah. A couple of good golfers went through that school. It's, it's uh, a decent program. Plus, it's not a decent city to live in. Mm. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I know, right? Uh, that's what are you going to study? Um, I'm not sure yet. I'm, uh, 
I have a large passion for computer science, so I'm thinking something that route, but depends how well golf's going. Sean, now, Carl, with- uh, when, you, when you pick a school, obviously mm-hmm. the academics are, are key there at Stanford. You're a standout golfer. You're in this AJGA event coming up at the Woodlands, uh, mm-hmm. Carlton Woods, so obviously you're a top-line amateur. Do you approach it when you go to Stanford where you think, man – I'm going to get as much as I can in two years and try to go, or do you approach it? Look, I got a four-year plan. Let's see how it works. How, how does that go through your planning process with you and your parents? You know, Stanford in the last couple of years have had a lot of uh, really, really great signings, guys in the top two, top three in their class. And that's sort of a common uh, conversation we have amongst us. But I mean, if you're going to go to Stanford, I think you might as well stay four years and get your degree. Um, you know, it's part of the beauty of Stanford. It's part of, what you're not sacrificing academically to go play the defending national championship golf team. Um, you know, it's a storied golf program and a top academic university. And that just doesn't come around very often. And so sort of trying to grab as much time at, uh, at Stanford as I can possibly get. Now it's an Andrew top, uh, Luck approach, Joe. Well, one of the top uh, PGA players out there. One of the guys I think you're going to see on a lot of top tournaments and winning a lot of, a lot of majors, Colin Morikawa. He did exactly mm-hmm. that. He went to, uh, I think he went to Cal Berkeley and he, did, uh, yeah. he, and he got into their business school, which is like number two in the nation. And he says, I'm going to get my degree. And he did. And it's, uh, it's worked out pretty good for him. Um, Absolutely. Let's get back to golf. Uh, how, you know, last year you played quite a few tournaments even with the pandemic. In fact, in uh, mm-hmm. you ended up in November, I think you finished third at the Rolex. I did. That's that. Where was that at? That's the, the PJ national down in Palm beach. Oh, nice. Um, and what'd you shoot for the tournament? I shot 14 under par. Um, <laughs> someone comes down. to you and says, okay, what's, what, what part of your game is the A game? What, what's, your, what's your strength? Whenever I, I generally putt pretty well all the time. Um, that's, that's been my strength since I was a kid. I've always loved putting, just going to the greens and going to the short game areas and just seeing the ball go in the hole is something that never, never goes away. And uh, so that's always a constant strength. So whenever my driving sort of matches up with my putting and I can keep the ball on the golf course, then we're usually golden. And how much you carry? Uh, my driver will carry anywhere from 290 to 300, depending on how I hit it and how hard I'm trying to hit it. So that's a nice if I'm trying to, if I'm trying to max that, I can get a little over 300, but most of the time, because we're playing courses that are pretty tight with pretty thick rough. What driver do you use? Spot. What driver uh, do you use? Okay. I have the uh, the Epic Speed in right now, the new Callaway. And putter? Yeah. Uh, another, it's the Odyssey too long. It's called the Austin. It's just their sort of standard blade. So I've always putted a, with a, a pretty standard blade. And so I have a putter you probably have never even heard of. I have a putter by Karsten Company. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. one. It's an, uh, I am one year from being an original model ping. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, yeah. There's a there's a few people that have uh, made me some interesting offers to buy my putter. But anyway, that's yeah, a good story. Um, question: Have you played Carlton Woods Fazio? I haven't actually. No, that's one I haven't made it to yet. So this is my mm-hmm. first time playing the Invitational. There, this is my first the Simplify Boys Championship, and this is my first time uh, playing the golf course. So it's close to home, but not too close. Now, mm-hmm. I noticed here on your resume, you are also one of two player representatives on the AJGA board of directors. What is that? And what is your responsibilities? So the player rep is an elected position of the board of directors. And so we're nominated starting on January 1st of this coming, this past year 
and we attend all board meetings. We have a full vote on the board. Uh, we have a seat. We can bring things to them that we see fit for the players. So it's our job basically to act as a liaison between the board and the player um, player base and just sort of take the uh, take the general sort of feelings on different things that the board and the, um, the executive community is trying to sort of implement. Um, and it's our job to go in and see how it's all working um, from a player standpoint and just bring a different view. Mr. Player Representative, let's put you on the hot seat. <laughs> yes, the, it is the second round of the Carlton Woods Simplify American Junior Golf Association Tournament. Play is ongoing. And you get a call from the golf course that a young golfer by the name of Patrick Reed has a controversial call by moving his ball that he said was embedded, which I'm sure you saw this whole story last week. So I did. As a golfer, a competitive golfer, a very good competitive golfer, future probably tour player, what's your ruling? I'm I'm glad something like that falls above my jurisdiction. Is all I'm saying. But um, <laughs> honestly, it's that's always a sticky situation because there is enough gray area in the rules where some people see that as a chance to really um, speak on the integrity of golf and speak on the integrity of the players, and other people see that as an opportunity to go in and try and grab an extra shot. Um, I can see it going either way. I can see why you took the drop, but I also see the frustration with it. I don't. I don't think there was really any reason to move the ball before officials get there. That's not something I've ever done. That's pretty much the fastest way to a two-shot penalty. So I don't – that's the only part that creeps me out about it. It is sketchy to me. Um, I completely get embedded golf balls on wet courses. Happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. But, I, uh, I kind of agree with you. The only thing I have a problem with is uh, they took a different position with Roy Beckler. I think yeah. the name of the golfer – Added to the controversy. All right, yeah, let's put sure. you on the hot seat. Let's let's ask you there a couple go. of quick questions. Um, what's in? What do you what do you listen to? What's in your earbuds? You know, off the golf course, it's a lot of electronic music. It's a lot of uh, sort of newer pop music. But for some reason, I don't know. I've tried everything, but I I warm up to the Beatles every single round. And unless I do that, my tempo is all whack. whack. It's it's a total mental thing, but. Got to warm up to a shuffle the Beatles on the Apple Music, and that's my warm-up playlist. You just won the Carlton Woods Simplify Tournament. Where are you going for dinner? I'm going to find the biggest steak I can possibly find. Medium rare. Medium rare. Hey, uh, is there in, oh, go ahead, is, go ahead, Jeff. Is there a girlfriend? There's not. No, we are very single, and we're okay with it. Ladies, Sean Between... Carl Dobson is single, and he's heading to the PGA Tour. <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay, we have an eight o'clock tea time over at Augusta number one. Mm-hmm. What three golfers are you inviting to be with you in your foursome? I'm going to bring uh, a really good buddy. His name's Tom McKibben. He's a cadet in Northern Ireland. I met him at World Championships when I was nine, and I've kept up with him closely since. He's one of my best friends. So Tom McKibben, uh, Alan Kornikova, another one of my good buddies in Palm Beach, who. I'm actually seeing this afternoon. We're playing practice round together. That'll be a lot of fun. And uh, probably my dad. Rounded up the parents. Awesome. awesome. He got so, you into golf? He did, yeah. He, he doesn't play much himself, but he got me in when I was, mm-hmm. I was three I, or four. And then... got a, I've got a couple of quick questions. You started playing when you were three or four. I see a picture of Tom Kite lining up a putt. We have less than a minute here, but why Tom Kite? We have a lot of great golfers come out of Austin. 
Also, mm-hmm. Austin Westlake, my grandson is in junior high. He's going to Austin Westlake next year. Is there water polo? Yeah, he plays. He's a water polo guy. Is there water polo <laughs> team any good? <laughs> I don't know if you know that or not, but why? Tom, I don't. Why Tom Kite? Why Tom in, Kite on, on your uh, wall behind you? Well, they, he's not at home. Oh. He's in. He's in Hilton. <laughs> oh, okay. I am in Hilton. Head, but uh, but okay. speaking of Tom Kite, though, so I, I do play at Austin Country Club, uh, and I I mean from the time I was five or six years old, every day I saw this old guy at the end of the range hitting balls. I'd go up and we'd mess with them. We'd go have putting contests with them. We'd screw around with them. I didn't realize for, I mean, until I was probably 12 or 13, I'm embarrassed to say that he's like a major champion, one of the greatest golfers of all time, that he's Tom Kite. It's like, yeah, he's Tom. Like, yeah, we, we were messing around yesterday. That's great. Uh, That's great, Sean. Sean Carl, oh, I got to tell you, you've been a pleasure being on the show. Uh, keep us in mind as you get your career going and, and you get up to Stanford and then get on the PGA Tour. Don't forget us. You're always welcome back. Good luck at the Simplified Tournament up at Carlton Woods and Fazio. And good luck over at Hilton Head this weekend. Thank you very much. Thank you guys for having me. Not Thanks, Sean Carl. Good luck to you, buddy. Sean Carl Thank Dobson you. out of Austin, Texas. Watch for him. He's going to be on the PGA probably in about five years. Going to get that degree first out of Stanford. Oh, I am Smoking yeah. Joe. I'm Mulligan right. Matt. I'm Bobby Beats. And this is Smoking Joe's Dry Rage right here in CBS Sports. Yes. I'll oh tell you, my kid, goodness. when he gets on the PGA Tour, <laughs> he's going to be a a diamond in the rough for the media. I mean, he oh, was, he was he was fantastic. I remember the first time I met Jordan Spieth, I was blown away with his maturity. And uh, this this reminded me of Jordan, but a little but a little more open with his uh, personality. But uh, <laughs> both great young men. Yeah. And, and this Sean Carl, man, that was impressive. Impressive. His game. 300-yard carry. Uh, I got your interest at the beginning of the show when I said we're going to talk about Spark Golf. Yeah. What is going on? Night, is this night golf? What's going on? No, 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 no. I mean, just just hang on. What, you're like a little kid at Christmas. Can't wait to open your gifts. Uh, I, was, I was on the, on the web the other day, and all of a sudden, uh, uh, on Facebook, up pops this uh, announcement for Spark Golf. And I started looking at this, and I thought, huh. And I went to the website, and I go, wow, look at the golf courses that are already involved in Houston. I mean, Quell Valley, Wildcat, Pearland, Herman, Clear Creek, Cinco Ranch, Battleground, Jersey Village, Wilderness, Glenlock, mm. Longwood, all have Spark Golf. Hmm. And I said, wow. Well, you know our show, the best way to find out something is to get the guy on the show. You get the main guy, not the second guy, not the third guy. You get the guy at the top, Joe. We got the top banana, the head honcho, the top goober smoocher. Matt Justin from Spark Golf is with us. Good morning, sir. Morning. Morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, anyway, Spark Golf. How, tell everybody what is it. I'll let you tell everybody what it is. Uh, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. We do nine hole golf leagues after work all across the country. We're even going to do a few, I think, in Canada this year. And um, it's we we've built an app that powers the entire experience for the players. So. Um, all the registration, the scoring, the handicaps, prizes, skins, 
anything that you'd want. There's going to be some social elements in the app that we're building uh, to make it even more fun while you're on the course, on and off the course. And so we've been at it for about four years now, and we're we're growing. Like you just mentioned in Houston, we're growing a pretty big footprint there and in other cities across um, North America. So to us, it's, you know, it's a different way to enjoy golf. It's not, it, it, I, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say it's the antithesis of the traditional 18 hole uh, or eight, yeah, 18 hole round of golf, but it's definitely something that addresses a lot of the things that have been what they say barriers to more people playing. So it's a bigger tent. It's for players of all skill levels. Um, it's not competitive. Although we keep score, I would say it's more like um, keeping score at a bowling alley when you go bowling, keeping score when you play putt-putt. It's that kind of thing. We do have competitive people, and it's not to say that these are all beginners. They are not. These are golfers. Um, They have an average of an 11 handicap, and so they get around the course pretty good. They know how to play. They pick up after net double. It's a two-person team thing, so there's not any pressure at all on anyone who's playing and um, it's just fun. We, we are, if you've been to our website, spark.golf, it's really all about the focus is on the social piece of it, the convenience of it, and the fun of it. The competitive element is there. We do keep score, like I said, but it's not uh, the focal point of our, of our brand, of our business, or our product. I like it. It sounds like, uh, Joe, it sounds like the top golf, the top golf experience, but you're taking it out on the golf course and your home course. Quail Valley has it. The course that I have right around my corner, Battleground has it. Uh, what, how did, how is this affected? You know, how's COVID affected this? Because this seems Matt, like a, like a social gathering. How's yeah. COVID affected this? Yeah. So I'm sure you've talked about it. Golf benefited greatly from, in, oh, yeah. in a lot of ways from what happened with the pandemic last year and going into this year as well. And so it's been a little bit of a boost to our, to our business. Um, we, but also it's uh, hindered us in places where you can't get together. And so there are um, big shotgun leagues with over a hundred players that we've had to cut back that we had to cut back uh, drastically last year. So that hurt our business that hurt that, that league. Um, and you got to do what you got to do. And so some of those leagues that were shotgun leagues that w- would all go out at the same time at five 30, uh, now they're tea time leagues that start at 5 p.m. And so we can socially distance and spread them out. And so we've had to make those adjustments with our course partners um, in different pockets of the country. And we just we deal with it, you know, and it feels like having the conversations. We are having lots of conversations now with courses everywhere that um, it's getting a little bit more positive And we're going to be able to, you know, put two people in a cart on most courses. We're going to be able to do shotguns in some areas where maybe we we haven't been able weren't able to do it last year. Um, but it's not, it's definitely not what it was, let's say two years ago. It's still affecting the business for sure. We're talking to Matt Justin. He is the CEO of the founder of Spark Golf, which is basically a evening league of fun. I mean, it's a camaraderie. It's all about golf and it's happening at golf courses all over Houston, Quill Valley, Wildcat, Pearland, Herman, Clear Creek, Cinco Ranch, Battleground, Jersey Village, Wilderness, Glenlock, Longwood, to name a few. Um, so it's a shotgun starts at five thirty. Uh, where did you, where did you start this concept and how did you, how did the, did you, did the concept just come into your head one day when you're playing golf? Uh, no, I'll, it, it is a long story. I'll, I'll make it as brief as I can. So we started, um, the, some of the co-founders <clears throat> have worked in the space, including me for a long time with tea times, um, 
uh, technology and tee times, uh, formerly with golf now, way back when. And so uh, the, the, all of the partners wanted to build a brand that was less traditional. I've been in golf. I worked for the National Golf Foundation when I was much younger and um, have been hearing for decades now about the things that make golf less inclusive and less fun for people and why people leave the game. And the opportunity to us is just staring us in the face. It's just making it more fun, making it, you know, not about all of the traditional and and maybe the the five-hour round of golf, I think, is another barrier, is how long it takes to play 18 holes. And I'm not knocking 18 holes. I love to play 18 holes, but I think there needs to be another product. We thought there needed to be another product. And the nine-hole round of golf, coupled with, a lot of technology. I can't say enough about the product and our, our team and how well we've done. Um, I think I know I'm biased in, in building a product that really makes the experience unique while players are on the course. So it's not just about playing nine hole golf, but we started with nine hole rounds of golf. We actually started with a different brand and, um, and, and, and we were doing events. Uh, we had a guy real quick story um, who came to one of our events with his wife. We had an ad, like you said, a Facebook ad, he saw for a, um, a six hole couples event and he wanted to play. They, they had always wanted to play golf. They never had the opportunity to do it up to that point. They saw it. They showed up with jeans on and a t-shirt. And we encouraged them to do that at this golf course. There's a municipal golf course in Orlando. <laughs> Didn't have clubs or anything. We gave him the whole thing. We gave him balls. We gave him wine. We gave him clubs. A month later, he showed up at another event. We had one of the, my favorite stories and he had a, a $800 set of, clubs on his shoulder. <laughs> they said, Matt, I'm a golfer. I'm a golfer now. And so that, those are the kind of things that we just love, love and we're building on. And so we've got a long way to go, but we, you know, we're going to have a, hopefully a really good year here and, and COVID uh, doesn't hinder us too much, but uh, we're excited about it. And that's, you know, the, the foundation is really the, the bigger tent, the players of all skill levels. We keep saying that this is not about, you don't have to be great um, it, you have to know what you're doing to an extent. It's not necessarily for beginners um, across the board, but it's bringing everybody into it and having fun for a couple of hours and not worrying about, too much about where you drop the ball. So, so walk um, me through this. Spark up. Do I go to your website to sign up or do I go to my golf course, Quo Valley, to sign up? Yep. How, how, and what is the revenue stream? Yep, you go to spark.golf. You can register for free. Uh, that's the other thing that we built a few years ago, golf leagues. Traditionally you pay for the whole thing up front and you have to commit. Uh, what we did is we made that adjustment so that you can, you can pay up front. You can pay for nine or 18 rounds if you know you're going to play, but you can also just register for free at our website and then pay as you go pay as play as your schedule permits and all of the standings and the scorings are maintained in the app. So, um, that's what you do. You go to, you go to spark.golf, you register, and then you download the app and okay. we take it from there. And we ask you every week, if you want to play, if you, if you want to play, you're in, if you don't, you're out. And that's, uh, it's as simple as that. So what's it going to cost me? Uh, it's generally a few dollars more than whatever the nine hole rate is at that time. It costs a few dollars more to play spark golf. There's a lot of value in that few dollars more. And so that's the revenue stream to answer your other question is that, um, will we make, a, you know, we charge a little bit more to play and that's our, that's what we make. Cause I know a, a lot of courses, they don't have a nine hole fee. You know, you'll go up and say, hey, I'd like to play nine. Well, you're playing for 18. You can play nine, but you're paying for 18. Yeah. And we think that's not good. So we're working on behalf of our players 
to try to find courses that either have a nine hole rate and will, you know, uh, willingly publish it and offer it. That's a different product to us than the 18. That's, you know, a very different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or we'll work with courses that maybe don't have one, but that embrace this concept and, and want to have different players, different faces on their course who don't necessarily want to play Saturday morning, morning you know, at nine o'clock in, in that six hour or five and a half hour round of golf. Um, and so that's what we do. That's part of it is, is trying to, you know, bring all of that, those, products if you will to the forefront for our players that's pretty i guess uh i guess you'll know when you really made it when you turn the cvs on and the local pg tour event and there's a guy in the spectator with a spark golf hat yeah that will be cool we, that would be cool matt, yeah. matt justine this sounds really good spark golf go check it out what's the website again spark s-p-a-r-k dot golf there you go. There you go, folks. You know. Check it out. And they got it all. They're, they're already in Houston, several golf courses that we mentioned earlier. I'm going to check it out at Quell Valley. Uh, Matt, yeah. thank you for getting up early and being on the show with us. Go out and uh, play some golf. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Good luck. Well, we just finished 18 holes, guys. Another round right. of golf in the bag. I like it. Yeah. Good day. I like Good it, Smoking Joe. Good job. Yeah. We All gotta... right. I'm going to go out and play some golf. So, everybody, uh... go out and have a great weekend and be safe. I'm Smoking Joe. Well, I'm going to work. I'm Mulligan Matt. <laughs> I'm Bobby Beats. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. And this is Smoking Joe's Driving Range on CBS Sports Radio 650. Thank you for listening to Smoking Joe's Driving Range, presented by PGA Tour Superstore. Check out joesdrivingrange.com for more from the show and enjoy your day on the course. From Houston's sports leader, Sports Radio 610. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.